Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Tapping Into Crypto, the podcast for everything cryptocurrency, from buying it, selling it, staking it, and everything in between. So if you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious, we've got you covered. I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and today we have two incredible guests on, Alec Renahan and Bryce Lesky from Equity Mates. So if you haven't heard of these guys before, the Equity Mates podcast is one of my all-time favorites, and it breaks down everything you need to know about investing, along with the latest market news and updates. Alec and Bryce also produce another four podcasts through Equity Mates Media, and they have just published a book. Today, we break down the top two cryptocurrencies you've probably already heard about, Bitcoin and Ethereum. We chat about how they differ, what their current applications are, and what we think the potential future use cases might be. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Alec Renahan and Bryce Lesky from Equity Mates. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having hey, us, Alicia. <laughs> it's so good to have you on the show. So a few of our listeners may already know you from your epic podcast, Equity Mates. Can you tell us, maybe we'll start with you, Bryce, how Equity Mates started? Where did it come from? So Alec and I met at university a number of years ago, and we both uh, ended up living together in a share house and having a great time. And we subsequently, you know, I, I was interested in investing and uh, had been doing so for a number of years. And Alec is a very smart young gentleman and wasn't investing, but soon, I guess, recognized that he was very interested in the space. And so we started talking about it and bouncing off each other and realized that there weren't too many resources that were available for beginner investors with a focus on the Australian market. And so with, uh, I guess, a lot of naivety and not a lot of experience, we decided to take the plunge and just start recording our investing journey via creating a podcast. And subsequently, five years later, it's grown into um, Equitymates Media now. And yeah, it's been quite the journey. It is amazing. Amazing watching and looking back and scrolling through the episodes just to see how you guys have evolved over time. And something we were chatting about just before we hit record is that you have just launched a book. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. pretty crazy. <laughs> who, who would have thought? I think when Alec and I started, this is our fifth year now of doing Equity Mates. We quit our jobs, quit the corporate world mid COVID last year, 2020. And, you know, to think now that we've got five shows, we've got a book, we've got a TV show. If you were to tell us that we'd be doing this five years ago, I probably would have laughed you out of the room. But here we are nonetheless. <laughs> I love that so much. And so, Alec, what sort of things can people learn from you now? Like it obviously started off as, as teaching people how to invest, but it has evolved now. What sort of content can they find on your podcast? Well, I think, you know, Bryce and I, neither of us studied finance, neither of us worked in the finance industry. We are very much outsiders who wanted to learn. And the podcast is really just a reflection of us trying to learn and ask all the dumb questions and getting things wrong and figuring them out ourselves. And I think for a lot of Australians and a lot of people around the world, that's the journey we're all on. You know, if you didn't grow up in a family that were investors or you didn't study finance, it, it's really hard to know where to start and know where to learn. And so the podcast is a great opportunity to learn from our mistakes and then also to hear from some of the best investors in Australia and around the world, hear their stories, some of the mistakes they've made and the lessons they've learned along the way. So Bryce and I are by no means experts. 
we're just constantly looking to learn and uh, we're pretty excited that there's a community of people that are similarly looking to learn and constantly just trying to figure out this whole world of investing. A hundred percent. And so we're talking about a very small portion of investing on this podcast. We're talking about cryptocurrency, which is super exciting. You actually did Crypto Week a little bit earlier on this year, which was epic. Hearing from all different guest speakers yourselves. So what was your very first crypto purchase? Bryce, do you have some cryptocurrency? I do have a bit of crypto, Alicia. My first purchase was a Bitcoin and it was Back at the time of the rally around 2017, I think it was before Christmas, probably around October or maybe even later, because I remember getting in quite late in the run. But it was a period of time where a lot of people had been talking about crypto. I'd heard about it at university, didn't do anything about it then, was focused on equities. And I just remember seeing it start skyrocketing. And in classic style, I, I often succumb to FOMO, fear of missing out. So it jumped in and uh, wrote it up and then subsequently wrote it all the way back down into the start of 2018. So that was my first experience with crypto. My gosh. And did you end up selling it or did you hang on to it? I ended up selling most of it. Yeah. But I held on to a small chunk just because I thought, you know, I don't want to miss out on this again if it does happen, but it was a pretty meaningless chunk. And uh, I've now revised my strategy and I'm back in a, in a bit more meaningful way. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's always when people get in in 2017 and you just hear that was the year they looked into crypto, you're like, oh, I get it. Well, you've got to hear Ren's story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Mine, uh, so we've been doing the podcast for like two years and we've been speaking to all these expert investors who, you know, were talking about valuing companies based on cash flow and, you know, expected future earnings and we were asking them about crypto when it got really hot and they were all saying it was worthless and it's a fad and it's a bubble. And I I really internalized that. I thought I was a really sensible investor and I was like, I'm not going to invest in crypto. But at the same time, you know, Bryce and a bunch of our mates were starting all these group chats and we're talking about the latest altcoin to go up a thousand percent in a week. And, you know, they were talking about how much money they were making and the FOMO was building, but I was really fighting it fought it all the way through 2017 into the start of 2018 until I couldn't stand it anymore. And I bought some Bitcoin and Ethereum probably within a week of the top. Oh, no. <laughs> so holding on, holding on and just bought it the best time, really. Oh, it, was, it was devastating. And I, I think I sold a fair bit of the Bitcoin that I bought, didn't sell any of the Ethereum and that sat in my portfolio for years and I would look at it and think, you know, just look at it in disgust and be like, what was I doing? <laughs> but uh, 2020, 2021, it's, uh, it's really come back. So I guess even if you buy it the worst time, it pays to hold. A hundred percent. If it's in the right projects, you know, there's, there's certainly true, some that aren't true. around today, but if we're talking about the main two, which we are going to dive into today, they're definitely ones that are great to have in your portfolio now. So I don't think I've actually mentioned it on the podcast yet, but it is funny looking at the hype. And we have spoken about this kind of in, in the crypto space around jumping onto altcoins and jumping onto the next best thing. And there's times where that can certainly pay off. But my dad was one of the OG miners back in 2012 was when he started mining. So we had full solar panels on the whole house. We had just rigs throughout the shed. It was madness. 
Dad was mining Bitcoin, then moved to ETH and, you know, did quite well. But he saw the latest, greatest, newest altcoin come onto the market. He was like, this thing, this thing is going to be my retirement fund. Swapped everything over. Oh, no. <laughs> every single coin over to this altcoin. Gone. Just gone in 2017. So when you hear stories like that, you're like, oh God, like there is benefits to taking a risk and taking a chance, but there's also benefits to having a bit more of a stronger strategy and diversifying your portfolio and really understanding what you're doing. So today we're going to dive into the top two. So Bitcoin and Ethereum. So Alec, maybe if we start with you explaining the difference between the two and the different applications of them. Yeah, sure. So the way that I guess I conceptualize Bitcoin and Ethereum is really by starting with, you know, how they're the same and then going on to how they're different. And I'm sure you've covered some of this in earlier episodes, but, you know, if you start from the bottom up, blockchain is really the core innovation that leads to a lot of these cryptocurrencies. It's all about decentralized record keeping, not relying on a central authority and having a trustless system. But then on top of that, if you're going to have a blockchain record keeping system, you need computing power to, I guess, update those records. And that's where mining comes in to, you know, to provide the computing power. And then you need to incentivize the miners to give up their computing power. And that's where the cryptocurrencies come in as an incentive for miners to sit on top of that. And so Bitcoin was the first, I guess, realization of the blockchain. And that came out in 2011. And that that was really focused on finance. That was really focused on creating a decentralized peer-to-peer financial system that didn't rely on any of the, I guess, traditional financial institutions that, you know, that we all know and love in today's economy. Ethereum comes about two years later, well, as an idea, two years later, realized as a project four years later. And where Bitcoin was focused on finance, Ethereum is a general blockchain. And it's really been built to allow other developers and other companies to build things on top of it, but to utilize the underlying blockchain technology that really is like the core innovation that's sort of 10x better than whatever came before it. And I think that's the part that so many people, when they first listen to podcasts and start educating themselves around cryptocurrency, they look at them and they think that they're the same. And you've just mentioned they have very different applications. So with Bitcoin itself, that is kind of more of a a store of value and something that we see people associating more commonly with with a currency, whereas Ethereum can be used for many different projects as kind of that that source code. So how do you see Bitcoin being utilized, I guess, in the future? Do you think it's going to stay the same as it is today? Well, Bryce, you're the Bitcoin bull. So why don't you uh, jump in here? <laughs> how do I see it being utilized? Well, I mean, you kind of touched on it there, Alicia, at the moment that there's a large chunk of people that are buying it who see it as a store of value. And I, I believe that, that that's likely to continue. I think that the caution with that is that it's an incredibly volatile asset at the moment and putting a lot of money into store, a lot of value in with it being so volatile comes with its risks, but I, I don't see that changing too much into the future. There's no doubt that people are using it as a hedge against inflation at the moment as well, um, given that the cash rate and the amount of money being poured into the system is devaluing our sort of cold hard cash. And so people are looking at other ways of maintaining that value into the future. But I think the big stuff is for Bitcoin is around remittance and cross-border payments and international trade. 
if you think about you know the basic fundamentals and the purpose of bitcoin when it comes to the the stuff that ren was talking about you know you can start sending money around the world a lot easier track it a lot better and remove a lot of the middlemen that are involved and so that by doing so it becomes a lot cheaper as well so i think that's a, a real use for it now but it will become more relevant going into the future 100%. And we've seen some huge changes with Ethereum this year. Let's talk about the Ethereum network. So not the the cryptocurrency or the token itself, but the network and how that is kind of influencing the world and being utilized today. Yeah, Ethereum is definitely where the hype is at the moment. But I think if you push past the hype and you scratch below the surface, it's where a lot of the really interesting development work is, is happening so, I mean, if we start with the hype, there's no bigger hype in 2021 than NFTs. Some of the uh, non-fungible tokens for those who haven't heard the acronym before, you know, some of the digital artworks that are selling for crazy amounts of money, the whole concept of a non-fungible token is enabled by the Ethereum blockchain. So that's probably where a lot of people's exposure to Ethereum or Ether starts. But beyond that, there's a number of really interesting use cases that are emerging for Ethereum. So I think the first place we have to start is that Ethereum allows other cryptocurrencies to be built on top of it. And there are some really interesting projects that are out there that have been enabled by Ethereum. So, you know, there are all the altcoins that are sort of speckies and, you know, you see videos of people making a cryptocurrency in two hours and and launching it and getting a stupid market cap. But there's also some really interesting projects that are being built. One that I like to reference uh, that I think is particularly interesting is the basic attention token. And that's where currently, you know, we consume heaps of content online and we generate all this value to the websites or the social media platforms that we're spending our time on. And then they make that money from advertisers to to advertise to us. Basic attention token tries to, I guess, change that paradigm and pay us for the attention that we're giving these platforms and how they're making money. And it basically gives us a share of the revenue generated from our attention. So I think that's a really interesting project. And there's a whole lot more that we could talk about that are being built on top of the Ethereum blockchain. So that's probably number one. Number two has to be decentralized finance or DeFi. Um, there are so many different, I guess, use cases and projects that are out there. But you know, right now, if we want to borrow money or lend money, we have to do it through traditional financial institutions. And there's middlemen, and it's, um, I guess, clunky, and and it's it's a pretty poorly designed system. And the, I guess, the long term vision with decentralized finance is it enables like a peer to peer finance network and we can directly lend or directly borrow and, and do a whole bunch of other things that traditionally sort of banks and middlemen were only allowed to do. So that's the second one. The third one that doesn't get spoken about a lot, but I think is really interesting, are the enterprise applications that are coming out uh, with Ethereum. So uh, Ethereum has like a public-facing blockchain that you know a lot of these new cryptos and stuff are being built on. But there's also, I guess, like non-public versions that companies like Visa, JP Morgan, Microsoft, Amazon, IBM are all looking into or are all testing for different use cases. And I think we're going to see a lot, if we think about the next decade and what we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of companies finding ways to use the Ethereum blockchain to 
speed up processes or you know introduce new different products and services. So I think the enterprise adoption of Ethereum is going to be a really interesting trend to keep following. A hundred percent. And I think it's so good to be talking at this level as well, because when you first start on your cryptocurrency journey, it's so easy to just go, hey, I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. I'm going to buy some Ethereum. But actually understanding below the surface what these are, how they're used, how they're going to be used in the future is so important if you really want to understand your investment strategy and, and how that could grow in the future. So I think that's great. I'd love to, we've we've broken it down really well there. Is there another example that I guess you could refer to people in terms of how Ethereum is actually so different to Bitcoin? You know, we're talking about things being built on a network. Is there something in like real life that people might know about that we could compare that to? to help explain it? I think, I mean, this might not be a perfect analogy, but if you think about like Visa and MasterCard's payment rails, like there are so many different companies and applications and um, processes that are built on top of these like underlying payment rails that basically enable the global financial system to work. And I think in many ways, Ethereum is going to be like that. It's going to be like the infrastructure upon which a whole bunch of different applications and businesses are built. In some ways, it's similar to the internet. Like in some ways, the internet is a basic protocol and then a whole bunch of developers and companies have built a whole array of applications and services and businesses on top of this like internet protocol. And so it's similar to, you know, like a lot of the technology that we sort of take for granted today. Definitely. Amazing. So you do have the most incredible advice over on your podcast. What would you say to someone who's just getting started in their cryptocurrency journey, you know, researching these projects and and looking into it? What do you think is important for them to consider? Don't throw your life savings into it all at once. That's for sure. (laughs) Not in 2018 as well. Yeah, I mean, there's two ways to look at it for me. There's if you're interested in in the crypto space and trying to make a bit of money for it, there's a couple of things to consider. But then more broadly, if you're investing, you need to consider, well, what am I actually investing in here? Is, is it an asset or am I actually just speculating? And I think that's probably the angle that I come at it from. Like if you're looking to build long-term wealth and invest in assets that are going to generate income and you know, you can value properly so that you know the price that you're paying for it is either too much or it's a good opportunity. Then when it comes to cryptocurrency, it's very hard to do all of those things. You're, you're really relying on people paying more for it so that you can make profit in the future. Um, so in that sense, I think it's more of a, a speculative approach than an investing approach. So that's the, the the first piece for me. But then beyond that, I think if you then decide, okay, I want to get into crypto, if I think about you know my journey and how I did it, you know you want to be thinking about all right, as a percentage of my portfolio, let's start really small and just get to understand how this all works. Like, how can I be buying it? What are the best platforms to be doing it? Position sizing and man- managing your risk that way, so that if you have five grand, you're not putting all five grand in Dogecoin and hoping it goes to the moon. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, yeah, starting with a very small percentage, and and I have a pretty hard rule around the limit in which I want it to be as a total percentage of my portfolio. If I look at it, I I don't want it to be 50% of my portfolio because it's just such a volatile asset. So for me, the first thing, yeah, risk and position sizing. Do you have anything, Ren? Yeah, I, I think I've got two key things. And I think the first one is around where you get your information from because 
this is true across all investing, but it is never more true than in cryptocurrency markets is there are so many people who are so zealously attached to a particular position. You know, there will be people who love crypto, people who hate crypto, but even within the crypto world, there's people who are only Bitcoin and a Bitcoin maximalist and won't talk about any other. Or similarly, you know, people think Bitcoin was the first and that there are better and, you know, you should focus on other things. And I think it, it can become a big echo chamber, like especially if you're on crypto Twitter, um, yeah. it's really easy to get sucked into those echo chambers. So I think the quality of your information and the diversity of your information is really important if you're interested, but especially if you're investing in the space. So for me, that would be number one. Number two, and this is more just, I guess, a reflection of how I think about crypto in, I guess, the broader sense as a technology rather than an investment. There's this book that uh, has really stayed with me, written by Carlotta Perez, Technological Revolutions and Financial Capital. And she talks about how every technological innovation throughout history from you know, electricity to automobiles to the internet has moved in sort of two phases, an installation phase and a deployment phase. And we have this installation phase where there's so much hype, there's all these new projects or companies being developed. It ultimately results in, you know, capital flows into the market or into this sector. We see a bubble emerging, it bursts, and then we see a deployment phase where it's like the true use cases emerge and it becomes integrated into like broader society. And, you know, the classic example of that is the internet. We had all this hype, all this capital flowing into it, all these companies and projects starting late 90s, early 2000s, the bubble bursts. And there was like a, you know, a winter for the internet. And then out of those ashes, we see, you know, the Amazons and the Googles and all of that really emerge and become ingrained in our lives. And I think crypto will move through a similar two-phase cycle. And, you know, people thought at the end of 2017, start of 2018, that was the bubble and then we'd move into a deployment phase. It feels like we're kind of getting into hype, speculative uh, territory again with some of the projects launching, some of the prices being paid for NFTs and stuff like that. But for me, I think the really exciting thing is what's going to emerge in that deployment phase? What are the you know, the Googles and the Microsofts and the Amazons of the crypto world that will become, you know, part of our day-to-day lives and part of, you know, just broader society going forward. So I think for me, that's what interests me. And if I was going to spend a lot of time looking at crypto, that would be the question I'd be asking myself. That is an incredible comparison. Like that's something really, really interesting to think about, I guess, in terms of the journey of where we're heading or potentially heading. And I think something that I always like to refer back to, um, the internet itself is is a great concept in that at the start of the internet and the dot-com bubble, people were trying to understand what the internet was in its entirety. And I think even Mm. today, if we ask many people, what is the internet? How does it actually work? There wouldn't be many people that could actually explain that to you. So cryptocurrency in itself, we are doing our best to break this down for you, but it is so complex. So even at the end of today, if you've moved a couple of steps forward, but you're still not hundred percent there, that's okay. Because you're still learning, you're still getting there. And it is really, really complex and a really big subject to unpack. So I love that. Thank you so much. Um, Alec, you spoke about getting the right research. Where are places that people could look if they're not jumping onto Twitter to to listen to our friend Elon? Well, I mean, this podcast has to be number one, doesn't it? (laughs) 
course. <laughs> Look, uh, there are definitely better people to ask than me. I would say as a percentage of my time, crypto takes up a very small amount. Um, I still love looking at equities, which is probably sacrilege to talk about on this show. But I think there, there's just some really thoughtful businesses and, and people out there. And then there's some people that are trying to promote you know, whatever they're invested in or whatever they're creating. And I think it's just about knowing you know, what people's incentive structures are and why they're producing the information that they're producing. I couldn't give you a list, but I think it's just being really um, discerning, I guess, when you're consuming content. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Keeping your eyes open. Amazing. Well, we will pop everything in the show notes so people can come find you and learn about the other world of investing as well outside of cryptocurrency. But where can people find you? Where's the best place to get in touch? We're everywhere, Alicia. We've got equitymates.com. We're on all the socials. Our handle is equitymates. Um, Those are probably the two main places to start. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. TikTok even. Ren's doing a few dances over there. So (laughs) go and check it out. (laughs) And now in all good bookstores. And now in all good Mm. bookstores. Exactly. Booktopia, Uh, Amazon, you name it. And the key thing Bryce forgot to mention there was podcasts um so you can you yeah, can true. search ex- yes, you, you can might s- like podcasts <laughs> true yeah our main bread and butter is podcasts <laughs> so right. search equity mates investing podcast in your podcast app but also we do have one that is for beginners as well called get started investing and a number of others uh in the equity mates media stable so for a full list of those head to our website equitymates.com Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's always a very challenging topic to unpack, but you guys have done an incredible job of breaking it down for us. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 